Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every week is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. This morning, we'll talk about the Viscardi Center. It's a center that helps folks on Long Island with disabilities and making adjustments to try to have a normal life. We'll talk to the president and CEO, John D. Kemp, about the Viscardi Center. So if you're preparing for a nice Sunday breakfast or chilling on a Sunday morning, or whether you're about to hit the road for an early morning run, remember your mask and social distances, as we always tell you. We thank you for making us a part of your morning, and we ask you to get ready to make some notes down. Jot down some notes, you know, get your little pen and paper and your little smartphone and the note app there so you can take down some valuable information that you're going to hear this morning. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this timeout. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Well, in February 2011, John D. Kemp Esquire became only the fourth president and CEO of the Viscardi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization providing a lifespan of services that educate, employ, and empower people with disabilities. A renowned, sought-after global speaker, he is widely respected for his many achievements, both in the corporate and nonprofit worlds. As a man with a disability who uses four prostheses, he inspires others to achieve the impossible through knowledge, experience, vision, personality, and persistence. He is also the board chair of the Viscardi's Project Accessible Oral Health, which is a global public-private partnership that brings together people with disabilities, the dental and medical community, policymakers, industry members, educators, caregivers, and other stakeholders in pursuit of improved overall health throughout greater oral health awareness, education, and access for the disability community. Join me in welcoming Mr. John D. Kemp from the Viscardi Center. John, how are you this Sunday morning? I'm great, Larry. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks for getting up early and joining us this morning. And John, let's start at the beginning. Tell me about the Viscardi Center. What exactly do you and your staff do? Well, we are a local to global organization serving people with disabilities, primarily children with a school for medically fragile children, K through 21 years of age. So we have a grade school, middle school, high school. Uh, They're very severely disabled uh, and medically fragile, but 86% of our graduates go on to college, which is awesome. We have a basketball team and we're undefeated. There aren't many teams like us that we can play against, but we're undefeated and we're world champions and we love sports, Uh, but we also have adult programs uh, and we have international programs on entrepreneurship and oral health for people with disabilities. So it's quite a remarkable center. Now, John, let's step back a little bit and let's talk about you. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of stability in the Viscardi Center because as we, before you joined us and, and you heard in the intro, you're the fourth president and CEO. There's been only four of you. So let's talk about the stability and what talk, and let's talk a little bit about the, the history of, of the center and why there's only been four presidents in, uh, in, in normally in organizations that have a little higher turnover. I, you know, it, it is a remarkable uh, place and it, it's one of the most esteemed uh, disability service organizations and, and uh, nonprofits in the country. Uh, people really do know the Viscardi Center and what it stands for, and I'm honored to be the fourth. I've, I met Dr. Viscardi, the founder, when I was uh, nine years old. Wow. And I was, at, I was at the Palmer House in Chicago, and I was being introduced as the 1960 National Easter Seal poster child. And he was the keynote speaker, and my dad put his arm around me as he was giving this really incredible brim brimstone and hellfire speech 
And my dad said, you could be like him someday. And I was born without arms or legs. And he was, he was born with very, very shriveled legs and used prostheses over his own legs to be able to walk around with crutches. He was an incredible figure, a powerhouse of a guy. And literally, through his own inspiration, uh, he, he built this place into what it is, and, and we've taken it up from there. So we had a great foundation to start with. What determined the need? Obviously, there's a need for this, John. Obviously, there's been a need for it. What did uh, Mr. Piscardi and the subsequent president see as the need to keep this going and make this a reality? The issue has always been employment for people with disabilities. We're still far, far away from anywhere near parity in in the employment area. Uh, Even after the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed, you know, some 30 years ago or so, we still uh, have about um, 30% of our adults with disabilities employed in, in, in full-time employment, and that's just terrible. It's, it burdens all of society, and frankly, that's not the way people with disabilities want to live their lives. We want to work. We want to earn our own way and, uh, you know, buy our flat-screen TVs and, and listen to radio and on the highest, highest quality devices. So we are um, about employment of people with disabilities. We're about educating severely disabled, physically disabled children with disabilities, and we're about empowerment, making sure that people feel good about who they are and that they can live proudly with their disabilities, not overreaching and overasking, but only trying to obtain what they rightfully should have. John, that's an interesting point. Let's talk about how you prepare folks mentally for the challenges that they have with their disabilities and to really not feel sorry for themselves but to continue to do the best they can and to to try to at least meet or possibly exceed what their disabilities will allow them or not allow them to do. Well, Larry, that's a that's that's the essence of what the Viscardi Center and Henry Viscardi School are all about. And somehow we have a secret sauce that's baked into our staff and and we have very long serving staff, but they are able to pass it down to newer staff coming in. We, we respect the individual with a disability, whether it's a child or adult. Uh, we don't pander to them. We don't let them get away with anything that they shouldn't get away with, but we hold them accountable, and we, we try to teach them that they're not always going to be at the Viscardi Center or school, and they're not always going to get this extra love and attention. They're going to get out into the world where people can be a little cruel and tough, and we make sure that they understand that they have to learn about emotional learning and um, just being able to handle the adversities that are going to come their way. And it will come their way, believe me. I I grew up with mine. I've dealt with it. um, And I had a great family, a a dad who, you know, was always there to listen to me and give me some really good advice. We try to do that for these students and and other program participants going through the Viscardi Center. So, John, and this is going to be sound like a weird question, but how how what is the challenge to make the disabled feel as, quote, normal, unquote, as possible within their uh, limitations? I I think it begins from the inside out. Do you Mm. like yourself? Mm. Um, And we try to make sure that that they have every right to respect themselves and they have to put people, um, they have to understand that people are going to come at them in different ways. They're going to come, they're going to address them. They're going to feel sorry for them. They're and, and they have a bit of a responsibility to put other people at ease and make them feel comfortable. But they don't have to give up their 
self-respect and their dignity in the process of putting other people in, in a comfortable state of mind. So it's all about empowerment, but it's understanding that people come at this from a whole lot of different ways. A lot of folks without disabilities just haven't had anybody with a disability in their family. So this is all new to them. Or they've had a person with intellectual disabilities or grandma used a wheelchair and they know one disability really well, but they don't know a wide variety of disabilities. So we understand that that people see disability in in a lot of different ways. My guest is President and CEO of the Biscardi Foundation, John D. Kemp. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. When we return, we'll take you inside the Biscardi Center and talk about a number of the programs. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my discussion with John D. Kemp. He's the President and CEO of the Biscardi Center. All right, John, let's talk about the Viscardi Center. You guys are doing some great work. You got a bunch of different sections. Let's talk with, uh, let's start with Abilities, Inc. Abilities, Inc. is where our young uh, adolescent folks uh, and adults uh, learn transition programs, which means if you're in a school district on Long Island you, and have a disability and you're 14 years of age and older, you have to start thinking about what happens after I graduate from high school. Am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to work? We don't want you to turn around and go back home and sit on the couch for the next 50 years. That's the last thing we want people to do. So we have transition planning programs for young adults. We have employment training programs for young adults as well as adults of all ages. We even placed a dentist who was still working as a dentist, acquired a disability, but could still you know, do a bit of practice, and he became an instructor at a dental school, uh, and so, and he was 85 years old. Wow. So we, we take people of all ages, however they acquire their disabilities. I, as I was saying, I, I was born with my disability. Uh, only 17% of people with disabilities start their lives with a disability. So 83% of people with disabilities acquired their disability by car accidents, illnesses, diseases, uh, a variety of reasons. So we kind of acquire it or we age into uh, a lot of different disabilities. Wow. Um, the Henry Viscardi School, we've talked about it, serving children with severe disabilities and medically fragile. Talk mm-hmm. to me about how that transitions with some of the local school districts. How is that communication, John, with a school district that maybe has a kid who they can't you know, really properly handle, but they bring them to you? Well, Larry, that's exactly how we get our students. Um, mm. we, we, we get our students because a school district says our building may not be fully accessible to this particular child's needs, or we don't have the medical supports or uh, other s- medical supports that they might need, therapists, nursing, um, all of that that goes with serving our, the nature of our kids' uh, conditions. So school districts refer, refer their students with disabilities who need our services here, and we then get paid by the school district to take care of and educate and graduate these kids. Parents can also hear about our school and come directly to our school and uh, apply and be admitted. And uh, so we, we are filled up right now, but if we had other people that wanted to come, we don't have a waiting list. But if other students wanted to come because they wanted a great, great education and they needed the medical, human, and technological supports to be able to get through high school 
and grade school, come to Viscardi. And they can reach you at ViscardiCenter.org, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, and we'll give that website again, that link again uh, throughout the show. Uh, let's continue about your, your center. Tell me about the Cornwright Technology Center. Well, the Cornwright Technology Center is a great spot because a lot of people don't realize what they might need to, to like in terms of assistive technologies, which are everything. It sounds very high-tech, but it's actually low-tech to high-tech. <laughs> it could be uh, everything from tape, duct tape, to Velcro, to software, uh, to big-button phones, uh, anything like that that's assistive to someone to allow them to maintain their independence in their home uh, or in their school. So it can, it, this can apply to anybody. We do evaluations of children and adults. Uh, a lot of times adults age into disability or they have an accident or something causes them to have limitations and they don't know where to turn. You don't always know about the Viscardi Center when, when you acquire a disability. So we are there for them. If they, if they can find us, if we can connect with them, we'll do an on-site visit with them in their homes. We'll try to help them figure out how to stay in their homes as long as possible and how to live a great quality life. Uh, and and we, are, we are all about that. That's one thing that we uh, promote very heavily is we want people to feel good and, and, and be proud of who they are no matter what age or what condition they have. You know, John, that's an interesting point, and that obviously is a priority slash challenge for you because as technology moves forward, in a sense, your the Bacardi, the Biscardi Center has to kind of stay back <laughs> in a way to be that transition between where they are and where they're going to be to make things much more, you know, much more easier for for your uh, your clientele dur- during their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. People don't know that these programs exist or these services exist until they're in it. It's sort of like you're not looking for snow tires until it's snowing and you realize you don't have the right tires on your car. And all of a sudden, whatever you're looking at online or in the newspaper, it's popping up tires. Well, some people don't ever know that they really can benefit from a lot of assistive technologies and makes their lives easier. And frankly, what's good for people with disabilities is usually really good for non-disabled people. Mm. So a lot of captioning that you see, if you happen to, I, I, I know this might be shocking, but I'm going to guess that you've probably gone to a bar or two after five or six o'clock at night. I'm just guessing. Uh, yeah, and, I've, I've, I've frequented a couple of those places uh, on business and sports. You're right. Okay, exactly what I'm saying. And so on the screen, you're seeing closed ca- captioning. You're seeing mm-hmm. captioning going across the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. That was first created for blind, I mean, sorry, for deaf individuals so they understood what was happening on TV. And it became mandated in the early 90s. And now it's become part of everyone's viewing habits, uh, at, whether they have a disability or not. You might have that on just to assist you in understanding what the dialogue is in a program. You don't have to have a disability or not to turn on the closed captioning button. You turn it on and it's there for everyone to benefit from. That's the kind of pluralism that we think are the solutions for making places accessible. The other example is a ramp uh, Mm -hmm. overcoming, say, three steps. Yes. Everybody walks up and down the ramp. Nobody uses the steps and they (laughs) can still have a... Half, half of it is steps and half of it's a ramp. Everybody uses the ramp because it's safer and faster and easier for everybody. 
Those are great points, John. It's so true. It's so true. You'll see the ramp. You see the steps. You're taking the, you're taking the ramp, whether you exactly. need to or not. It's unbelievable. <laughs> now, you mentioned Abilities Inc. a couple of minutes ago, so I assume that since you have the employment placement, transitional services, and career counseling, you've got a way to employ these folks after you've trained them. Well, we do, and, and we don't employ them necessarily here, other, other than the fact that we have about 400 employees in our three organizations here. Mm-hmm. And we do employ a lot of people with disabilities. We want to be the model, um, but we also want them, we want people with disabilities to go into the community. So we have a relationship with 150 to 175 local employers on Long Island, and then nationally up to 100 national and international employers. And we work very closely. We've developed a, a disability employment source portal. So if anybody with a disability that's listening and is looking for a job, uh, they might go to the viscardicenter.org website and, and type in disability employment source. Mm-hmm. And that is a portal where they can put their resume and employers are constantly looking at it. There are 200,000 consolidated uh, jobs all put in there by employers. So there's a great opportunity that they might be able to find the right job for them. That, and that's a great opportunity. You're right. And and once again, it all goes back to what your staff and you are trying to do, John, and that is to make it as uh, individual, to make it as non-dependent, to make it as free for, for people with these disabilities to be able to function and live their lives every single day and to be able to have a way to earn an income, to have some independence. That helps you also mentally, and in some cases, John, and I know disabilities, you know, it varies, but I'm sure in some cases it helps speed along some of the some of the situations that you have, that some of the, your, your clients have, as far as getting getting better and having a way to, you know, with, with the technology that we have, to add a way to add limbs and, and different prosthesis that, that we have now. Absolutely. Absolutely. We... We are looking at this every day, and, and the innovation and creativity that goes on in this world now for that benefit people with disabilities is remarkable. I mean, really remarkable. Not only is it in medicines, but it's in assistive devices and the, the new arms, the prosthetic arms that now are myoelectric and the computer knee, knees and artificial legs that people have. But now they're starting to embed, this is bizarro, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway, they're starting to embed many cameras in pe- blind people's eyes. As long as the optic nerve is still um, alive and sensitive, it can project to the optic nerve, and blind people can now see limited with, with limited vision. You see the cochlear implants for individuals who are deaf, uh, and they're now able to hear. Uh, it, so it, we're on a transformational basis where Disability, the, the impact of disability is getting minimized by the creativity and innovation that is occurring. But there are many of us who will live our, our full lives with disabilities. And all we ask is that people accept us for who we are and give us a fair chance to prove ourselves to be able to work and to participate in all aspects of life. You guys are doing some great work, John. There's no question about it. My guest is John Kemp. He's the president and CEO of the Viscardi Center. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. When we return, the Viscardi Center big event. It's the 54th annual Celebrity Sports Night. We'll give you the details next 
when New York Sports and Beyond returns on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Let's conclude our chat with President and CEO of the Viscardi Center, John D. Kemp. All right, John, let's talk about this 54th Annual Celebrity Sports Night. It's coming up in May. Tell me about it. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's the showcase of our whole year. It is an incredible event. Uh, we celebrate through, the, through, through sports, uh, and we have always embraced sports. And, and, frankly, the Mets and the Yankees have been very helpful to us, but the Mets particularly so. No offense to the Yankee fans out there, but the Mets have been really great friends of ours, and, you know, we, we tend to look at all the sports teams we honor. We've had such incredible people like Joe Namath. Joe has come many years in a row. Uh, Joe loves the Viscardi Center and comes up from Florida and spends a little time with us, and the kids love him, and he, the line to get his autograph goes out the door and you know it's a 500 foot long line when he shows up he's still hot stuff in on long island he is incredible and he's such a big-hearted guy Mm -hmm. and he and he cares so much about us so we we honor sports figures like joe and eli manning uh and we we have a a, just a great lineup of people that are going to be with us um, this year as well, so we're we're gonna we're hoping that there's a Hall of Famer that we are going to get for our honoree, but we're also going to honor Henry Shine Corporation, which is out here on Long Island, mm-hmm. and uh, Henry Shine is the world's leader in supplying medical, dental, and veterinary uh, supplies to all of the professionals around the world, and here they are right on Long Island, and they mm-hmm. are our honoree as well as. Uh, Stanley Bergman, who is their chairman and CEO, so we're going to honor them as well. And then the Marx Family Foundation from California has been very generous with us and really given us some really new opportunities to explore entrepreneurship for adults with disabilities, to get our pool rebuilt so that we've got a 92-degree pool that uh, not only our students and program participants can swim in, but we can have arthritis classes in the pool and other things. So just a lot of wonderful people to honor and and sports figures. But sports is at the very core of it. And and I'm just going to anticipate a question, Larry. I'm just Mm going to anticipate one. And that is sports and people with disabilities. We think that there's a tremendous connection between sports and people with disabilities. We learn teamwork and mutual support and camaraderie and uh, excellence and we celebrate those types of things. And, you know, kids in our school who have a lot of limitations, maybe not even able to use their arms all the time and their legs, uh, the, the profile is somebody who's a power wheelchair-using person who cannot speak and uses an augmentative communication device. Mm. Well, our kids know each other so well that they help each other out. If somebody's trait comes loose, the other a student will fix it for them or will talk for that individual saying, Billy's trying to tell you that he needs to go to the bathroom. You know, wow. it's like, my gosh. So mm. what does sports do for us? We, we, we look at sports as, as a metaphor or an analogy to life. And life is filled with competition and excellence. And we celebrate excellence in every way, character, uh, humanity, and, and success on our basketball court. Yeah, you mentioned that very, very uh, slyly, John, earlier about your uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your world undefeated class. basketball world class exactly. team. Let's talk exactly. about them for a minute. Give them, give them a little more publicity there, my friend. You know, we at our sports night on May twentieth, we we award the seniors on the basketball team their medals for playing, and most 
I, I believe one half of all of our students at our school play on either the uh, grade school team, the middle school team, or JV team, or the varsity team. And everybody plays, all right? So we've got power wheelchair users and manual wheelchair users up and down the court. Mm-hmm. We have three different levels of baskets. So there's a two-foot basket for, for kids who can get the ball on their lap, and then they can lean forward, and it rolls off into the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, a six-foot high basket and an eight-foot high basket. And you wear a certain band on your arm, and you can only have so many of those players that can shoot to the one basket or the other basket on the court at any one time. But we know how to play this game, and we we kind of modified basketball to fit our students, and we play for keeps. We play our varsity. We play uh, schools from Westchester. We have a tournament in December. And uh, and we've got an awesome coach in Joe Salonica, who's a wheelchair user and been here 27 years, and he is a role model to our students. What when you watch uh, your students compete, what do you see, John? What do you see in their faces? What do you hear from them? What what, what what's what's the situation like? As a student manager of a high school basketball and track team, I see the same expression in the athletes that I was working with in high school as are on the faces of the students who are here at Piscardi. Mm -hmm. They are playing to win. They are playing it fairly, and they care so much about each other, and they understand the teamwork and and how how everybody has to blend together to, to win a game. And it's competition, but the joy and the sadness but there's there's a lot of joy mm-hmm. when somebody does well, makes a great basket, wins a game. Um, it's it's exactly the same for our kids as it is for any other team playing any sport. That that that's tremendous. That really is. Uh, the 54th annual Celebrity Sports Night takes place Thursday, May 20th. 6.30 to 7 p.m. is the cocktail hour. 7 to 8 p.m. is the program. It will be live streamed virtually. And, John, I wanted to talk to you about that. What, what are some of the adjustments you've had to make now in, in your uh, event because of the fact that of, of COVID and the world we are in now, which is a Zoom world? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, we just don't feel that we're going to be able to have the confidence and maybe even the permission to have our usual 700, 800 people coming to our gymnasium and buying tickets for it, but we're going to do it virtually, and people can get tickets for it. You would not believe the the lineup. We've got just awesome, awesome celebrity sports figures that are going to do cameo appearances on, on uh, May 20th, but they can go to viscardicenter.org slash sports night, and they can get their tickets, and you will, if you buy a big table, you get a dinner and on a bottle of wine. If you can't quite afford that much, you'll get a, a really elegant box of snacks, of high-end snacks and goodies and all of that. But it's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a really fun emotional night. You you would not believe there's a a, a student who graduated from here five years ago uh, as our valedictorian went to Adelphi, graduated with honors from Adelphi, is at uh, Columbia getting a master's degree with honors, and he is going to participate. His name is Chris Alvarez. He is one of eight people in the world with his condition. He is smaller than three feet in height mm. uh, and is a brilliant young man. He has 350,000 followers on Instagram. 
Wow. He is more popular than uh, like 99% of people I know. Mm-hmm. And he is a leader and a visionary in what life is all about and what our school did for him. And he's going to be speaking at our Celebrity Sports Night. You would not want to miss this. And there are a lot of other emotional moments like that. John, let's talk a little further. Um, the challenges that the center has faced, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of uh, organizations that, you know, accept funds and donations from the public and, and various corporate sponsors and, 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 you know, folks who've cooperated with them over the years have, have suffered. Let's, let's be honest. It's a financial situation. What have been some of the challenges in keeping your programs and the things that you need to do to help your students and, and young people, uh, you know, function? How's that been compromised? Well, I'm, I thank you for asking that. And it, it is, it's a difficult situation for us. Um, you know, nobody expected this. We didn't budget for a pandemic. Nobody did. And, you know, it, the cost of the, of the PPEs uh, has really changed our whole financing around. We uh, have to do, we, we created a sustainability fund and went to our, our best donors, our current donors. And then we found some new donors that are also helping us with our sustainability fund. And we've had a really good response from our, our email blasts and our direct mail program. And then we had a golf tournament last fall. We could do that outside, but that was the last event that we really had that was in person. Uh, and people are, you know, we, don't, we have not gotten back to where we were in our fundraising, and we really do need financial support to help us keep our programs going. Uh, we've had to cut back on a few things that we did not want to do. We've, we've shrunk and tightened our belt a bit like everybody has. And I think everybody everybody would expect us to do that. So we are we are making do, but we have the just the incredible responsibility and honor of making sure that people who are growing up with their disabilities, getting educations, um, looking to us for hope and an opportunity, have that have that great opportunity with us. And so we do need financial support from the public. And once again, they can make donations through the same website, huh, John? Yes, if they go to viscardicenter.org, there's a donate button that they can hit. And if they want to participate in our sports night, which I must say is is going to be a beautiful night. It's just one of those spiritually beautiful, moving, great, and, and you know, you know, there'll be interviews with sports figures that, that you all know and talk about and, and showcase on ESPN. So you'll get to get to see him up close and personal that night. And that, that's a great situation. So tell me, how did the students and adults that you serve get involved in, in the event? Well, they, they are, we, we draft them into our event. We, we pull them in and, and they are all honored. Uh, even when we, when we did an in-person event, and we'll, and we'll be back to that in a year from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are tryouts for the play that we do. We do a play each year with the students, and they have to compete really? to be able to do it. And these are kids that are using augmentative communication devices. Um, they're they're nonverbal. We don't care as long as they can communicate in some way. They're mm-hmm. they're in the play if they if they can do as well and and achieve that. So we have plays, we have performances. We put them in positions where they're the interviewer, they're the Larry uh, in an interview with an athlete or with uh, Stanley Bergman of Henry Schein. Uh, so we'll, we'll put them to work, and it's a privilege for them. And they also know that you know the future might be what they are looking at. Maybe they're going to go into radio, television, 
acting performances. Who knows? Wow, that's great. And and listen, it's all about confidence in whatever you're doing, John, right? It doesn't matter what your condition. It's about confidence and experience. And the more experience you have, the more confidence you have in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Exactly right. We got to give them as many opportunities as possible. All right, I got to ask you. Favorite personal moment of your sports night event? Favorite personal moment? Oh my goodness sakes, that's there's so many. I think it was. Oh, I'll give you night. two. I'll, I'll, I'll give you two. I'll, I'll let you slide a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, is, that is great. Um, I, I saw Joe Namath weep wow. uh, because he was so touched by what we do. He was up on stage, and he started talking about our students. And he knows how difficult their lives are, and he knew what we are trying to, and he knows what we're trying to do, and he got very teary-eyed and had to stop, and he said, I am telling you, I'm all in. I am all in. So when you get a, get Joe, you know, you get Joe on your side, my goodness sakes, people listen, and, and they believe him, and, and he is a really a genuinely a wonderful man. And the other night, the other event, and thank you for giving me two, was the night that the Entman family, uh, who founded the Entman uh, Bakery and and did so well with it, and, that, and it's been sold several times since then. But the mm-hmm. Entman family made just an incredible set of gifts to us that we have yet to top. And and a third wow. one up, and it happened just before I came, but everybody was still talking about it. Joan, uh, uh, Jack Nicholas offered a round of golf with three people, and it got bid up to $300,000. And they asked the second person who was bidding against the first person, would you pay 300000 for the chance to play a round of golf? And, they, and then they asked Jack, Jack, would you play a second round of golf with this guy? And we raised $600,000 in five minutes. That's tremendous. Bring it on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a man, that's, a, that's a really wonderful man. And his wife, Barbara, fantastic. And then we've got Eli Manning. Mm. You know, we've got we've got just tons of friends. Eli's back, by the way, for this year. Oh, excellent, so, excellent. He's awesome. He is. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. As a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, when you go on the website, uh, BiscardiCenter.org, you will see a whole list of athletes who have been involved with the big uh, celebrity sports night that they have, and and pictures, and just it just takes you right there. You can see just what it means. Just what it means that they're happy to be there. You know, we can be honest, John. Sometimes there's places athletes go that they have to go, and then there's yeah. places they go where they want to go. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you could see from the expression on their faces, they want to be with you at the Fiscardi Center. Yeah, they do. And Eli, Eli was our honoree on our 50th, and now this is the 54th. He's coming back. Uh, we have we have Clark Gillies. We've got Rod Gilbert. We've got Mookie. Wilson. Hey, Mookie Wilson. Harry, yeah. Harry Carson. I mean, uh-huh. these are these are our friends. Yeah. And they are incredible human beings. Just incredible. Wow. John, in the couple of minutes we have left, I want to kind of review in case people tuned in in the middle of our conversation and, and just review some of the things that we've chatted about. And once again, I thank you for getting up early this Sunday morning and chatting with us and sharing with us the great work you're doing, you and your staff at the Fiscardi Center. And once again, you can reach and find out more information. You can donate. You can find out how to purchase tickets to their big event in May at FiscardiCenter.org. John, tell me about the three E's because those three E's are very important to the Fiscardi Center, isn't it? They, they, they are. Uh, education. 
we don't get very far unless we really put in the time to get a good education. And we've got the Henry Viscardi School here for medically fragile, severely physically disabled kids who usually cannot speak, use power wheelchairs, and go to college at a very high rate, higher rate than uh, public school graduates. Then we have abilities um, with, that also does a little bit of education, uh, but employment is a big part of it, and dehabilitation programs, being able to go out and visit your community and go to the museums and the parks and, and go to look at employers and visit the military and police departments. And we've got a lot of partners on, in, on Long Island here who really engage with us. So education, employment, getting a job, getting any kind of a job, and growing up and becoming independent and having, having assets and wealth, Gosh, everybody wants that. So we try to create those opportunities for people with disabilities. And then empowerment is the 30. And that is, do we feel good about ourselves? Are we empowered to respect ourselves and like ourselves enough to put our best foot or wheel forward to do a great job in this world, to be responsible, to vote, uh, to work hard, and to, to be a great corporate citizen or community citizen? So we we are here, Viscardi Center and it, come visit us online, viscardicenter.org. And if you want to look at the sports night activities, please take a look at viscardicenter.org slash sports night. Buy a ticket, buy a table, and, and join us on May 20th. John, um, as we close, I want to, my final question is about you. And you don't have to have a disability to appreciate what somebody does on the road to success and how they overcome challenges. You know, uh, the experiences and the difficulties make us stronger as we overcome them to eventually get to where we want to go. So, John, what has been your secret of success? You've mentioned throughout the interview that you've had, you have disabilities, but yet and still you've overcome them to be the fourth president of the Viscardi Center. From the disabilities, obviously, you did not allow that to deter you from your ultimate goal. What, Using yourself as an example, what can you share with my audience this morning as a road to success? Give us a game plan, John. Your, what was your game plan? How did you make it to where you are? Wow. Um, I, I was fortunate to have a, a dad who was just an incredible human being. My mother unfortunately died of ovarian cancer when she was 36 and I was 15 months old and my little sister had just been born and she died three months after my little sister was born and I have an older sister four years older than I. So my dad is 32. He's got three kids under the, you know, five years and younger and he works for the federal government and he just had the wherewithal to make sure that we got a great education that we had responsibilities for ourselves and others. And he was, he was just a, an incredible driving force that there was, you know, like today was a good day and tomorrow's going to be even better. Mm. And it was always an optimistic, I can do that, I can do that. And he would not let me slouch. He would not let me slide by. He would not give me a disability pass so I could just, like, take the easy way through life. Never, 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 never. So it was all about really being well prepared for this world. And I would say to anybody who acquires a disability, you, you, have, you have obviously faced a terrible situation, but it is certainly far from over. Your life is far from over. You have so much to give. 
and that you are welcomed into this world and you are welcomed to be a part of everyday life in society and you should climb to your highest level, whatever that is. So it's an optimistic outlook in life. And John, just a, a note of advice for the caregivers, the parents, because it is a thin line, right? You want to be sympathetic, but you also understand, as your dad did with you, that you have to be kind of firm and harsh, yes? Oh, yes. My gosh. I, I, my dad my dad would, would he, back then, when this was years ago, my dad would give me one little smack on the bottom if I was really acting badly, and that was quite often. And and then he would he would tuck me in at night, and he would say, "It hurts me more than it hurts you to have to do that." God, I'm getting teary teary eyed here just talking to you. Yeah. Um, but he yeah. just had he just had the sense of what is right and res- and the responsible thing to do, and he knew that he was helping me get ready for this world. So that's what I think. I think everybody. Caregivers play an incredible role. Parents, the most influential people in our lives. But if you get, if you have an accident at age forty and you acquire a disability, it might be a spouse or a family member or still mm-hmm. a parent. But they've got to give you, you know, the opportunity to, to make mistakes and to grow and to pick yourself up. But they got to be there to support you too. John, it was great talking to you this morning. Please give our respect and uh, uh, regards to the staff. Keep up the great work that you're doing at the Viscardi Center. And listen, anytime you have an event or something you need to reach out, please, uh, our line and uh, our studios are always open to you. I thank you so much, Larry. Thank you very much for this privilege. John, it was great meeting you. We'll talk soon. You bet. Thank you. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my incredible, all-world, talented, legendary, primetime producer, Ray Santiago. I think I got all the things in that he wrote for me. And, of course, the coach, Anthony Pusick. I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.